0: Ayers on the road value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back with Ayers, not on the road. <laughs> no are... one's
1: on the road. The roads are empty.
0: It is amazing moment in the history of the world. It's amazing. It's surreal. Is this happening? It's incredible.
1: I think that one of the things that's, uh, this whole pandemic has done that it's subtle and interesting Linda is that it's changed time. The first few days, um, lasted forever. It was like the day, you know, has it only been a week it seemed like it had been two months oh or yeah something. from
0: morning to night seemed like such and, a and long and then time.
1: and then and now that we've fallen into kind of a routine in some ways time is going faster it's hard to remember what day it is you know
0: everything's kind of mushing together
1: yeah and so this is a very interesting time and we know that for some of you it's a dark place to be in especially those of you who are parents with Young children, and you're basically cooped up in your home, and uh, it's it's hard. It's a it's an emotionally very difficult time for some people, and we want to try today on the show to give you some distractions <laughs> and to give you some thoughts that may be helpful to you. But first of all, we want to just say we we commiserate. We know this is not an easy time. It may be for some people who. Uh, you know, enjoy sort of solitude and being alone and having time to read and and so on. But for many, it's a really, really tough emotional time. And we we sympathize with you
0: parents. We do. Uh, and we know this because we have nine children. They're all in different spots in, in their lives right now, too. The hardest one probably is our daughter, Charity, who's in London. With Pretty well locked down. Three and a half and two. Yeah. And they, um, they've had a hard week. Um, their carbon monoxide alarm went off and they realized that the construction. As if it weren't door, hard enough already. Yeah, the construction next door had somehow covered their, their pipe, their gas line. Their gas line. And uh, carbon monoxide was pumping into their apartment, and if they hadn't had that alarm, if they'd gone to sleep, nobody would have woken up now that's that's pretty serious
1: that's pretty serious and and there but but even without that, just being there cooped up and London's pretty strict about their, their they've got bobbies or policemen out on the street patrolling and making sure no one's out of their homes unless they've got a legitimate reason. And and most of you are in a circumstance you you've really never been in before. So, what we want to do on the show today is just talk a little about that,
0: and then get into something that uh,
1: we think is a good use of your time while you're a little bit cooped up.
0: Well, before we get to that, though, I think that we do need to mention that one of our most stark situations in our family is that we have. A granddaughter who's trying to get married. She's been trying to get married for a long time. Oh
1: my gosh! They had such a big plan, and it was a Hawaii wedding in,
0: Laie. in the
1: temple in Hawaii. And uh, uh, now you know they closed
0: this, and they, they got a, you know a different a different appointment at here and there at different temples, and then all of a sudden, every closed, everything closed. So
1: luckily, they made it to our daughter's home in Arizona. Where they are, and luckily they both got out because now they can't go back to Hawaii where they live
0: without doing without a, two, without week, doing a, two, a uh, two week
1: quarantine. And so the bottom line is <laughs> excuse me for being a little happy about this, Linda. This is awesome. They want me to marry them and they want a civil wedding and then later a temple ceiling.
0: And then um, later a big celebration when yeah. things uh, blow
1: over. And so the latest plan, and I mean the latest because we just heard about it today. Yesterday, it was a different plan, but the latest plan is we're going to, on the rim of the Grand Canyon, which is about halfway between where his family lives and where, in, in northern Utah, and where her family lives in Arizona, and uh, I'm going to perform the wedding, and it's going to be wonderful. And the, the, However many people there are there, and it won't be many, are going to be spread out 10 feet apart, on some kind of a beautiful plateau, perhaps in the Grand Canyon. So in a way, (laughs) you can make it sound pretty good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is is good because his family is in Utah and is about halfway to the Arizona um, border. Oh, sorry. I'm not listening to what you're saying, I guess. But anyway, it really is going to be... A fascinating wedding, one that we'll never forget and, and actually is maybe even better. And
1: we're grateful for the for technology because we, one of the things we've got to be sure, Linda, when we stake out a spot is that there's good cell phone reception because we'll, we'll, we'll FaceTime it to everyone we'll want else. somebody
0: and, to FaceTime it, yeah. And, and
1: people or Zoom it so that everyone can be there remotely. And that's another whole area, Linda. How grateful are we for technology? You know, you were making the point the other day that you can you can look at a lot of historical things. A hundred years ago was the Spanish flu pandemic, and a hundred years before that, in in about eighteen fifteen
0: eighteen fifteen, a volcano erupted and disrupted the entire. Um the entire earth the right,
1: atmosphere the atmosphere it everything
0: and uh, so about every hundred years we figure this happens <laughs> in one form or another in one form or another I think I mentioned that my grandmother and her two youngest little children died in one week they we took them out in the night from and buried them from the Spanish, Spanish
1: hundred years ago but you know I was thinking how how in those earlier times, uh, people were really isolated. We think we're isolated today because we're stuck in our homes. But we're, because of electronics, because of Marco Polo, because of FaceTime, because of Zoom, because of so many ways, uh, even texting and just a plain old telephone, we're in touch with everyone we want to be in touch with. And that's such a blessing. Imagine being isolated as you are now (coughs) without any way to contact anyone. Um, it would be incredibly harder than it is now. Although, having said that, Linda, I think technology is both a blessing and a curse because some of you are out there glued to your 24-hour news cycle channels, and or you can Netflix, only watch or, too much of that. Yeah. I mean, getting getting more news than you need getting getting it over and over and over and all the stories and all the difficulties and all the traumas and all the problems can really add to your depression so govern how much news you consume and you know spend your time we're not we're not the ones to give you this advice there are many giving better advice who are more qualified than we are but stay busy and stay positive and stay productive and get to some of those things that you've never gotten to before. Do your genealogy, do your family history, um, do some other things, and, and especially focus on some things to do with your children, which may lead us to our topic for today.
0: It will, but before we leave this, I just have to give you the very best case scenario we've heard of with one of the members of our family. This is Talmadge, who's in Switzerland with his wife and daughter, and they are living in a hut on the mountainside of the Alps. <laughs> and That's they not have their to, normal home, that's
1: just where they... Well, they, it's,
0: they just bought it, and they're so excited. They, they're they renting a beautiful apartment down in the city, but they actually put their groceries on a sleigh and drag it up there, and he just um, FaceTimed certain just a few minutes ago, and they're doing great. Um, one little tuber. Stove and the snow for the refrigerator. There's some electricity, but no running water. But they're having the greatest time.
1: So <laughs> they really
0: are. Uh, there, you know, there's that wide spectrum. And then there are those. Well, who there's are-
1: a message in that one make the most of it. Wherever you are, whatever you're circum- even if it seems dark, even if it seems incredible, you're stuck at home with little kids, try to think positively and realize you may never in the rest of your life have this much concentrated time with those children and have some goals as to what you want to teach them and, you know, what you want to do, which again leads to our topic for today.
0: It does. <laughs> it does. It's hard so to quit thinking into this. about this, but it really is <clears throat> going to be fun to talk about this today because it is a diversion. So some of you
1: may, um, may find this an odd thing for us to suggest to you, but... Here's the deal. As we work with parents all over the world, which we've done for 30 or 40 years, it's been interesting that one of the things that everyone, every parent knows they should do, almost no parent says, oh, I don't care about that. It's not important. Almost every parent knows that at some point they have the responsibility and the opportunity to talk to their kids about sex. It's called the big talk by some people. It's called you know the thing that I am most scared to do by other people, <laughs> and I guess it's safe to say, Linda, that uh, our sort of informal survey of people—it's probably the thing that parents put off and don't do more than anything else. Most most conscientious parents we know have had good talks with their kids about drugs and about about violence and about uh, safety and about a whole lot of other things but so many even really bright intelligent capable parents have just not gotten around to having the talk about sex and it's not the talk it's a it's several talks it's an open yeah, introductory
0: dialogue. talk and and
1: our feeling for what it's worth is that this is a tremendously important thing because it brings a closeness between a parent and a child. And our other feeling is it should be done very early in a child's life because you want as a parent to have the first word. You want to make a early strike as it were so that you are their first line of information and everything else they hear from then on will be reflected by or relate back to the positive and powerful discussion you've had
0: with them. But I do have to say, um, there are some parents out there saying, oh, yikes, it's too late, I I blew that. I We have not talked about it, what do you do? And we have to say, it's never too late. It's better if you start early, but it's never too late.
1: And there are other parents out there saying, why on earth would you talk about this during the coronavirus? Well, the, the main reason is because you probably got more concentrated time with your children and you'll have other times. Now, this is not a group discussion. No, it is not. This is one-on-one between you as parents, if you're a two-parent family, you both wanna be there, and one child. We think the perfect age is age eight, and what we're gonna challenge you to do today is we're gonna give you some real powerful and specific tools, even a dialogue of exactly how to go about this. But our challenge to you is going to be to find a time to have this time for any of your children who are eight or older who you have not had this kind of an in-depth, powerful discussion with.
0: And we suggest you go together as a couple. If you're a single mom or a single dad, obviously you can't do that. Uh, but the best case scenario is to go together because um, it just sends a really clear message to your kids. Um, we decided to do this many, many years ago with our, uh, our oldest child. And I must say, I was horrified. Um, but it, it really was an amazing experience for us as well as for her. And so we're going to give you details in the second half of the show.
1: So stay with us, and we'll be right back with a plan, a clear and organized plan, for having the big talk and the preliminary talks with your child about sex, about human intimacy, and how to do it in the right way. We'll be right back.
0: Welcome back to Iyer's On The Road. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. And we're back. We are happy to be with you this day. We feel like we're talking to the outside world after being inside our own world for a long time. Um, but we are so happy that you're listening wherever you are.
1: And well, our topic today is how to talk to your child about sex. And a subtopic could be making good use of the extra time you now have with your children. <laughs> and again, here's we have a very specific suggestion on how to go about this even to the point as I mentioned earlier of of an actual dialogue because uh, we wrote a book years ago called how to talk to your child about tech sex and the the research that we did involved a lot of sample dialogues and actually working with children and we found that it's pretty predictable what kids will say And predictable what parents should say in order to make this a positive, powerful discussion which will overarch everything else in their lives that they hear about sex later. We mentioned we think it should start early when kids are eight years old. We think the eighth birthday is a perfect deadline to have if you have younger children. Work toward that. There's some preliminary discussions we're going to mention that you can have leading up to the big talk and some follow ups afterwards. If you have children older than eight, you go back and you still have this same talk with this same dialogue according to what age they are.
0: And that actually, when we wrote the book, we did start out with little preschoolers asking specific questions, I mean, or asking questions and how to respond to that. Uh, to dump it all on them when they're four years old. But you really do need to um, address it in a natural way.
1: Let's talk about those earlier talks first, Linda. We think that if you, and this is a good time again, while you've got kids at home, kids that are between three and eight years old, talk to them about the awe and wonder in nature, about how beautiful nature is and how well it works. Talk to them about how beautiful and sacred their body is and how, the reason we have modesty and the reason we take care of our bodies and how important and how miraculous those bodies are. You can have little discussions about respecting and protecting our bodies in various ways. You can have little discussions, and we're going to give you a a reference for how to find this. You can have, um, there's a fable we're going to suggest to you that you can get on an audio adventure that sort of leads up to this, the big discussion. There's just a lot of things you can do prior to the big talk, as we call
0: it. Well, you do have to say that this is online that uh, you can go online and just get this for nothing. The, the book, amazingly, is still selling, so we can't give it free. But um, the publisher has rights until they Well, but we've it got up. the
1: heart of the but book. But
0: we do have the heart of the book, and you can actually just go online and get the, the actual dialogue and all this preliminary stuff.
1: Yeah, you just go to, the easiest way is go to valuesparenting.com. And up in the corner, in the right-hand corner, it talks about our books. And if you click on that, it'll give you a list of books. Or you can just go to IRS free books either way. And you can scroll down to how to talk to your child about sex. And when you click on it, it will give you all these preliminary discussions, actual dialogues for how to hold them. And then it will give you the big talk. And what we mean when we say that is... A very formal approach, not formal, but a very organized, deliberate approach to sitting down with a child eight years old or older and modifying it if they're older. And actually, it's a dialogue that reads like a play. It says, you say this, and then the child will say this, and then you say this. It reads like a, like a drama. And once in a while. It is a drama.
0: Once in a while, it is a drama. Once in a while, it really works. We have uh, our daughter who had our oldest grandchild who actually printed this out, put it on her lap, and she kind of looked down and read some things as she went by because she and which was so is nervous about fine. it. perfectly fine. And then she called afterwards like, Mom, it worked. It was amazing. It was amazing. Then other ones have said, well, I had to really adapt this to my own child. Sometimes children need, to, we need to talk about this when they're six, if they live in a spot where sex is a lot, I've talked about a lot on the media and so on, which we all do now. And um, sometimes it needs to be later because you have to catch up.
1: Well, I think you but to, you need it. But the point is people need a deadline. And, and what we yes. always tell people if you have younger children, shoot for that eighth birthday. But also, Linda, the thing about this dialogue is it's not just something that we came up with out of our minds. It's it's based on a lot of experience by a lot of families with their children. So right. it's predictable that it will work. And, and it works a little like a flow chart. In some cases, you say this in the dialogue. The child may say this or he may say this, in which case you say this or this. So it <laughs> follows. It's like a flow chart that'll keep you uh, so that you're confident in having this talk. And it's based on very, very positive things. It's based essentially on the principle that sex and intimacy among married couples is, a, is such a beautiful thing that all of us should want it, and all of us should want it to be the best it can be, and none of us should want to do anything that will dilute it or detract from it. So, in other words, the, the basic fundamental th- element here is not fear. We're not trying to get kids to fear or, and and that's the mistake a lot of parents make. You better be careful of this because this could cause a disease or this could cause an emotional problem. Which is what
0: they get at school. Which is what
1: they get at school. And, And this instead is the whole motivation is how beautiful it is and how you wouldn't want to do something that's that beautiful with A less than ideal person or a less than ideal situation. Well,
0: we actually, um, somebody suggested this to us, and it's really worked well. About a month ahead of the time when they turned eight, we start saying to them, on your birthday, we are going to take you out to dinner, just you and us, and we're going to talk about the most amazing, awesome, incredible thing in the world. It has to do with you, but we're not going to tell you what it is. It's just going to be amazing and so we kind of and then every week or so we just mentioned this is the time we're going to go out so that we built them up about it something and and in a really positive light and it really has been fun one of our sons admitted later that he said i thought it was going to be some wild exotic flower (laughs) um (laughs) well he was right in a way kind of right (laughs) But um, I think it's so, so important to have this be a positive talk and have them looking forward to Let's
1: it. give you just an idea. I'm reading from the dialogue now, just so you get a feel that this will take the fear out of it for you as a parent. It'll be something you can really follow. Uh, so we're calling the child Kathy. Well, Kathy, we told you this talk would be about the most wonderful, amazing, beautiful, awesome thing on earth. Are you excited? Kathy responds, be positive and encouraging about every answer. Before we start, we just want to tell you how much we love you. You already know that, but do you know how much we love you? Do you know we love you way more than our jobs or our car or our house or any of our friends? We love you more than anything except maybe each other. Did you know that? And then Kathy gives a response, One reason we're excited to tell you this fantastic secret is because it's about love and it's about you. Does that give you any clues? And you're getting the response all the way as you go through. (laughs) Actually, what we've been telling you for weeks is a clue that this is going to be about something really amazing and awesome. What do you think the most awesome thing on earth is? And there's a little discussion now about things that are awesome. Yes, an airplane is pretty awesome. What can it do? Yeah, a whale. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, uh, and and you get into things that are awesome. Okay, if a person is the most awesome thing in the world, then the most awesome secret would be how a person gets made, how a person is started. Let's think about that. And it goes on. You talk about babies, and it's a beautiful discussion. And it, it gradually, in a positive way, gets to the question of where babies come from, and maybe the child says the hospital, yes, but how do they get there? Mommy's tummy, yes, but how did the baby get in mommy's tummy? And it's just a, it's a lovely, sequential, it's like reading a play, and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And what we've learned, and believe me, Linda, and I'm sure you'll agree when I say that tens of thousands of parents, many of whom we've been in close touch with because we've been speaking to them or we've been having an interactive uh discussion with them, have done this and have tried it, and not one single parent. Oh, my gosh, I wish I hadn't done that. I wish you hadn't told me. Or I wish I hadn't done that so soon. I wish I'd waited longer. Universally, they are saying, I'm so glad we did that because now that door is open. Now our children trust us. Now they come and tell us when they hear other things. It's just such a powerful, important thing to do.
0: It really does depend on how you present it and the child. And we can't guarantee that they're going to just melt and and say this. Oh, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever heard. Because, you know, you get an eight year old boy and sometimes they're like, ooh, you know, it really is important how you present it. But the. Important thing is that you do it, that you open the door to talk about this, because this is just the beginning. And then it just comes up over and over again that it's much more natural. You see something on television <clears throat> that is really uh, objectionable as far as sexual contact and you can talk about it because you have talked about it. Yeah. And it really is so important to do this and it's fun. Um as we have talked to our kids as they've grown and have their own children so on about how they felt. It's been so fun. In fact, we did take one son called us when he was a, still a starving student down at BYU, and he called us and said, Mom, we want to take you out to dinner. They've been married.
1: He and his brand new wife. For
0: Well, they've been married for a while, and um, they said, but we we want to take you to dinner. He said, no, we'll, come home, we'll feed you. No, we want to take you to dinner. So we went to this dinner place that was one of their favorites, and they uh, said, do you remember where this was? Do you remember, you remember why being we've been here, here Do you remember, remember this, being at this, this exact table? table? We're said, like, no. We don't remember. And this is the he table. He said, it was a long
1: time ago. I was eight years old.
0: This is when we had the special talk. And the big talk. And he said, I've appreciated it ever since. And his wife is scrambling around in her purse trying to find something. And she pulls out a pregnancy stick that is positive. (laughs) And he said, and it worked. (laughs) <laughs> and so, um, you know, that that's the best possible outcome, but it really has been fun to talk to kids in retrospect and, and hear how grateful they are and they're doing it with their children as well. Well,
1: and, the, and again, what I want to emphasize, Linda, is after you've had this kind of discussions with your child. It's the most intimate thing and and in some ways the hardest thing of all to talk about. But it's like you've crossed the Rubicon. I mean, your kids have this feeling, hey, if I can talk to my parents about that, I can talk to them about anything. And we've had so many letters and, and responses and emails from parents who say the benefit that I didn't expect was my kids will now talk to me about a whole range of other things because the trust level went up so high when we had our discussions with them about sex and that that just opened the emotional door to discussing a whole lot of things. So again, we wanna challenge you during this time while you're cooped up with your children, find some individual time and, and yeah. take that eight-year-old, or if they're older, you'll find in this dialogue ways to adapt it for kids that are older, and have this discussion. Let me emphasize again how to get it. Either go to com and scroll down to How to Talk to Your Child About Sex and click it, and you'll get the book for free, or most of the book, the dialogue part of the book. Or go to valuesparenting.com and click on our books, and then scroll down to How to Talk to Your Child About Sex. Get this dialogue. Read it through. It'll give you... Con- if you just read it through as a parent, you will say to yourself, I can do that. It'll take the fear out of it.
0: And we realize you can't go out to dinner, but we know you're creative. Yeah, find so your do own it. place. Do it. Find we a love beautiful you. spot. Thanks for listening in today on Ours on the Road, and we'll see you next see time. See
1: you next time on Ours on the Road.
0: Bye-bye.